and welcome to Ella Governor the Podcast. As always, I am Abdullah, and my guest today is, introduce yourself, good sir. Hey, everybody. Jay Preston here. And the first question is the obvious one, but uh, we got to get it out the way. How did you get started? What was your um, origin story? Oh, the origin story. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> First of all, thanks for having me on board. Uh, pleasure to be here with everybody who you've already interviewed. I was going through your list, and it's very impressive. You got a lot of a lot of great, talented folk. Um, so my origin story is that uh, I came out to L.A. about around 15 years ago, I think, to just do on camera. I grew up doing theater, and then I was in a bunch of improv troops on the East Coast. I'm from uh, New England originally, and uh, and then I went to school for theater and I uh, just loved being on stage and all that jazz. And, uh, and as everyone who's on stage, the, uh, you know, sometimes you're like, Oh, I want to be in the movies. So I, uh, was heading in that direction, but I did two years traveling the country doing children's theater. So I got to see a lot of the country and my first time in California and, uh, and then some friends of mine from college, from Dean college were already out here because, they did the same kind of thing. They were like, let's go be in the movies. And uh, one of my friends was working in casting and got me an audition for Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, the third one. And so I flew out to California and uh, was, you know, thrilled and incredible. It was an incredible experience. And I actually got cast as one of uh, the pirates. And that story in itself is a longer story. But uh it was my first intro to uh, L.A. And it was, uh, you know, not everyone gets that kind of first intro. So I was pretty much hooked after that. And uh, when I moved out here, I realized pretty fast that it wasn't always you get a, you get the next part. Um, so I was going to workshops and uh, trying to network and stuff. And uh, after like a couple of years of always going out for hippie or homeless guy or jesus christ or pirate i was like kind of burnt out because it was like just typecast stuff which is cool for some people but i coming from a theater background i had so much more i wanted to do than just like what i looked like so i was about to just go back home to uh boston and uh then i was at a bar and uh the girl that i was dating at the time was i think hitting on somebody else at the bar and then brought them to me and uh <laughs> the guy's like, yeah, my uh, aunt is looking for some new talent. And, and so she's a voiceover agent. And I really didn't know what voiceover was. And I was, but I heard about it and I was like interested. So I said, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll go audition. Sure. So I got his number and I got her number. And it happened to be uh, a cast, an agent from um, SBV, Mary Ellen Lord. And I had no idea. And I didn't even know how big SBV was. But when I started to do some research, I was like, oh, shit, this is a great ex opportunity. And so I uh, went in for the audition and I got a bunch of uh, copy. I got like narration, copy of video games, animation, like the whole gambit and just a whole stack. And just, okay, look at that over. And when you're ready, we'll come in and go into the booth and, and uh, we'll record it all. And I was like, great. So I did that. And I had such a blast doing all these different characters and this different stuff that I thought I nailed it. And I was like, oh, I'm totally getting hired because I like nailed that shit. And I was doing really good. And, uh, the agent comes out later. So we all we all had to listen, and uh, we think you're a great actor, but you're awful at voiceover. So uh, we won't be signing you today. And but I was already hooked. The fire had reignited, 
And uh, I was like, this is what I want to do. So tell me what to do and I'll go do it. And uh, she just told me to go take some classes at Calmonton and Calmonton, take a class over at VoiceCaster. I didn't know what those things were and I didn't have a lot of money because I was just a waiter back then. And uh, I just did what she said. I took whatever money I had left and I went to Calmonton and Calmonton and was learning like crazy. And she said, oh, she said, when you're ready again, my door will be open. And I knew, once I was learning from Kalmanson and from uh, people at VoiceCaster, I realized what an opportunity that was a second time that I couldn't screw that up. So I studied for two whole years before I went back and auditioned again for SBV. And, um, every, but I just couldn't stop learning and networking, connecting. I just had so much fun and I was learning a lot of what she saw that was awful and correcting that. And I just wanted to feel ready when I went back into SBV. SPV. And I always kept in touch with her every like three months and asked her, okay, I finished those classes. What do I do next? Okay, I did this. What do I do next? And eventually she said, I think it's time you do a demo. And because uh, I had, I was on the pay to play sites and I had already started uh, booking work with uh, like my little USB mic back then. And uh, so I was feeling pretty confident. And then I went back in and I auditioned and she said, I think you're ready for an agent, but you're not where we need you to be at this point and, or there's too many people like you on our roster. So it wouldn't be fair to them. So whatever. Uh, but she said, go out and get an agent. So I did, I went out and got an agent and, uh, and then not only, not six months after that, I did my demo with uh, Chuck Duran, like a big boy demo and uh, learned so much with that too. And then I just sent it to, to uh, Mary Ellen. And I said, I just got this done with Chuck. And I, I, just wanted you to hear it and I'm with these guys now and it's fun it's fine and she goes we'd like to have you come in for an interview again so I went back in and they with the new demo and stuff and they signed me and so I was with SPV for like two years and like my career still didn't take off uh cut to all these years later um I think three years after no two more years after that I finally quit my waiting tables job and I was just voice acting full-time and uh I have a bunch of agents around the country now and uh just it's getting better every uh, every week and every day and uh when i met my wife uh, she was just an on camera actress and now she is a also a full time voice actress and uh we have the booth of us together and it's kind of the same story for her but she was fast tracked because i already learned everything for like 4 years and she was already a great actress and i had all the equipment so it uh, worked out pretty good so that's my uh story that that actually sounds like a stereotypical hero's journey like <laughs> the hero <laughs> goes up against the challenge, but he's not ready. And then he's like, you know, got to go, got to go train, got to get stronger. And then I can, you know, get where I need to be. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. And yeah, without minus the music and, and minus the montage, it took way longer than I hoped. <laughs> no, it's, it's um, one of the things that kind of annoys me. Uh, one of the misconceptions that uh, I'm not a fan of, that people have about voiceover is um, is the fact that well if I don't make it at, at this age or this part of my career I'm you know I'm never gonna make it or whatever it's but it's like I, I, most of the people you see in, in a lot of these shows had to struggle for years to get to where they are. It's oh, not. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's not. It's not it's not one of those things where you just walk in and you're like, you know, you're going to be book you're going to be booking like back-to-back -back shows and video games and all that stuff. No, you have to build 
a resume, first of all, an impressive resume, and you have to make sure that you got to keep working. And by working, I mean take any job that you see that, that will help you improve on your craft and help you get to where you need to be as an actor. Oh, totally. And, you know, I'll, I'll also say that uh, if it's a struggle during all this time, I don't think it's for you. Because, like, even, even, even though it took me two years to, like, you know, land a big agent and start booking work and, you know, get the microphone and all that stuff, I was having a blast uh, networking and practicing and uh, workshopping and meeting different directors. And, like, it's, it was never a struggle. But I, I know how people say, like, it's a struggle. But if it really is a struggle and you're like hating life, get you know you just want to get to the part where you work, then I don't think it's for you. <laughs> you know, you got to have this like passion behind it, and you got to love what you do. No, I totally agree with you because I think I said in an episode that if you're someone who isn't having fun doing it, then this is obviously not for you, and it's not meant to be disencouraging in any way. It's just. Hey, if if you're personally not having fun doing this and you don't like going into auditioning and for everything and not getting it, then maybe, you know, uh, you know, may stop stressing yourself and just like find another career path. You know, I, I mean, yeah. I know that I know that sounds harsh, but it's kind of true. It is. It is. It's just it's you got to be all in because honestly, and, you know, um, I just took a little workshop thing with Jennifer Hale and she said, uh you know, it's your auditions are, you know, your job is to audition. Like the, your work is actually your audition. And it's like every audition is the job, whether you get that job in the end or not is mute really. I mean, your audition is the job. So it's like, have fun every time you audition for anything, like bring it to life. And, and when you're done, you're like, oh, that was a fun one, you know? And then maybe you get to play with that character more or, or book that commercial work. You know what I mean? Like if you, if you change your mindset, you'll have way more fun in the booth. Yeah. Um, another thing I've learned from doing this show is that a lot of the success stories are usually from people who just went in there and did something completely different. Like the casting director wasn't expecting them to go and go in a certain direction, but they did and they weren't expecting that. And they're like, wait a minute, I think we got something here. And yes, yeah, totally. And 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 that's how you i mean it's it's not i mean that's obviously not always the case but a lot of the big name roles you know you see on like a lot of shows you know they they're just auditions for you know they were just regular auditions like cuz every time i ask someone like okay uh, you you're known for this big role on this big show or big video game like how did you get it they're like i just auditioned because that's yeah. what the job is you're just auditioning for stuff it's like there is no secret like there is no secret, uh, you know, uh, call or or whatever. Like you know, people don't, you know, uh, casting directors and these companies don't aren't gonna have you on speed dial and be like, you know, uh, we got this project for you, you know, uh, and we want you. Can you do it? And uh, I mean, that's not the case. I mean, yeah. it is for some, but that's it is very for some rare. when you get to like a certain certain level, and only on the occasion that there's a part right for someone and they happen to know that person. And that's what all, you know, the networking is all about and staying on top of mind and, you know, being a good person who people want to work with, you know? Um, speaking of networking, I'm glad you brought it up. Um, 
in your opinion, like what is like what are the do's and don'ts of networking? Because I, I know that this is a hot, not not a hot button issue, but like it's something that I see a lot of people struggle with, and I kind of want to you know get your get your take on it. Totally, um, I think it's super important. But you, you got to network with like minded people and people who you like, and you know you you can't network with um, people who you don't really like. You know what I'm saying? Like. Um, it, it, basically, it's like making friends. It's more like making friends. You're not looking for a job. Don't try to be getting a job when you're out networking, quote unquote. Just uh, try to be you and see if people like you. And if you like people and you meld with those types of people and then hang out with those people more and be friendly. And then maybe networking will happen magically. And that's kind of how you got to think of it. And it will not stress you out as much. Like when I started doing all these workshops, when I first got going, um, I just found people who were just way more talented than me in these workshops. And I just was, you know, you, you learn from the, from the actors in the workshops as well, if they're, you know, better than you. And you also learn from the teacher. So you can get like a lot out of a good workshop if you pay attention. But then I would see these people be amazing. And I was like, I want to be in the next workshop they're in, you know? Uh, so I would just try to make friends with them at the end of the workshop. And that's how I started networking was like, Hey, you did a great job. And, uh, where are you going to learn next? Cause I kind of would like to be in that room, wherever it is. And then you might, you hear about it, something that you didn't even know existed, a different workshop. So you kind of travel around together then. So I did that over and over and I ended up building like the voiceover collective. If you've heard of it, um, it was a Facebook group a long time ago and uh, it was just 10 of us. And then there was 20 and then 30. And then there was 500 after a couple of years. And now it, it's called the Gardner collective on Facebook. And, uh, I run the voiceovercollective.com website where I have put everything I've ever learned and anything I would ever tell anybody on the website because I wish I had that kind of a tool for me when I was getting started. So as the years went on and as more people asked me how to do it, I just wanted to put it all in one place and just say, go go look there. And if you still have questions, then come talk to me. Um, so, uh, so yeah, networking is super important in, in like all that you do. And I kind of wish like when you hear people, because I listen to a lot of uh, voice actor interviews and I kind of wish like there was a little bit more focus on networking because that's one thing I wish like um, people told you head on like, hey, you know, one of the things about this job is networking because you're you're if you want to make it in the business and you want to show show uh, people what you what you got, don't be afraid to network and I feel like, um, you know, building a strong community is something we kind of need right now more than ever. And if building that strong community via networking is, is how we do it, then I'm all for it, honestly. Totally. And, you know, here's here's some big don'ts for networking. Don't network and join a group and um, go to a go to a party to just get work. And don't sit on the sidelines and wait for the opportunity to show up. You have to be a, a net. Uh, it's a two way street kind of, you know, you have to give information and then you'll get information and you share ideas and just don't poach is one of the big, the big things. And one of the reasons, you know, some networks just go downhill is because people are just waiting for opportunities. They're not really there to make friends. And I, I wish it could just be changed from networking to like friend making. Like everyone should be out there friend making. And, uh, and if you're not making friends and stuff like that, then that's, then you're not 
doing it right. You know, um, if you're just there and people, if you're in a network for like, say a year and then you show up at the party and then everyone, no one knows who you are, you didn't network right. You know, people need to know who you are. They need to be friendly with you. That's more networking. Oh yeah. I noticed that, um, even like with, with all the big name voice actors, they're part of like small groups, like and that, and that's kind of basically networking because it's like, yeah, okay, yeah. I know this person. He's friends with that person. She's friends with him. She's he's friends with her, and you know, seeing like because because I saw something on Twitter where you know someone posted something, and then I looked at the replies, and most of those replies were from people who I'm familiar with, and I'm like, oh, they're they're in that friend group as well. I think that's pretty cool. Exactly. And that's such a great way to think about it. Like the friendship web of networking. It's like your friends are just a little 10 that you got. And then from that, if everyone's doing their job, they should have another little group that they're part. So that, that's the network, you know, and you focus on your group of friends the most because you don't, no one has time to network with 500 people on the daily or on the weekly even or on the monthly or yearly because it's just too many people. So you've got your little group of friends who, you know, you can have like friends outside of voiceover too, but then you can have your like voiceover friends who like you guys get together and talk about gigs and, you know, you know, secret NDA talk, you know, um, which you shouldn't be doing, but you know, friends do networking, you know what I mean? Like close friends. But, um, and then just think of it that way. Like you don't always have to be going out, but you can always be like being introduced with those people's friends. Yeah. uh, I think one of the things I learned recently was there's always somebody listening so if you impress someone and they happen to know someone else they're going to recommend you because they're like hey i may not be right for this part but i know someone who might be able to do it absolutely and and that's how you network basically or you know it's like you're in a session and you're like hey you had fun working with me wait till you work with my friend he's just as fun as me you know (laughs) And and speaking of friends and, and networking, with the business being what it is now, thanks to, you know, COVID, how has uh, networking changed for you? Uh, for me, it changed uh, pretty much completely. Like right before COVID, I was I was getting off of social media anyway. And then with COVID, I just kind of just jumped off it completely. Like I haven't been on my social media since my birthday back in September, which has been kind of crazy, but it's been amazing you know and so networking for me now is with the close friends I used to have that I still talk to you know via phone and uh, over email or on some jobs together and uh, so that's kind of where it all went you know um, for me and if I hadn't made my connections I wouldn't have any right now and uh, also I joined up with uh, the the new thing called skills hub which is really cool Um, and they have a good little community going on their website and then on the voiceovercollective.com that i run soon i'll be starting a kind of a a membership thing on there so people can there'll be a forum and stuff like that where people can connect and not be on the socials you know hey man i'm i'm all for um social media alternatives because uh it's uh it's a mess right now (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. i'm not missing anything honestly (laughs) No, thank 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 you so much for saying that um, you're not that active on social media, so I don't have to worry about like promoting this episode on social media. It's like, yeah, hey, you know, here's the thing I did. You can listen to it or not. Oh, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll put it. I have I have newsletters, and so 
when this comes out, I'm don't totally put it on my newsletter. And a lot of people, anyone who wants to follow along my life, I just, the Booth of Us newsletter uh, is where I, once a month, I pretty much put out what me and Meg are up to. And, um, and that's kind of where I leave it. It's just, that's where it is. And then uh, my wife, Megan Hensley, she, that she runs the Booth of Us Instagram. So um, that's pretty much the best way to like follow along our little journeys. And how has COVID life been been for you guys? Like, how did you guys stay sane throughout this entire thing? Yeah, luckily we spent, when we first started getting together, we just spent like every waking minute together. We already knew we loved each other enough to like do everything together. And we run our little, our business together. So um, it was pretty easy for us. The first month of, of it all was very slow and so we wrote a book during that time because we had the most downtime ever for it was a kid's book called the quarantine bears and uh we did that for like the first month and a half and then everyone started to realize oh shit uh voice actors have home studios we can still work so then work picked back up again and then we've been busy ever since um what also it did for us is uh we didn't have to go into studios as much so I put together this like kind of amazing travel booth. It's like 65 pound travel booth that I have to take 45 minutes to set up wherever I go. And so just last year we were on the road for six months out of the year. Um, Cause Meg booked some on camera films. We had a film in North Dakota, one in New Mexico. Uh, and then we were in Texas for another commercial shoot. So like we were just driving around the country with our booth in tow and we worked consistently everywhere we went um, for pretty much most of last year. And so the travel part of it was really nice because no one needed me to be in studio. No one expected me to be in studio. So I could just source connect patch in for pretty much all of our jobs. And it was kind of amazing. And was it a pain carrying all that stuff around with you? Uh, it, the, the only pain, the only stressful part is not knowing if the next place you're going to end up is going to be quiet enough. And if it's going to um, have good internet connections and um, if you're not, you know, as long as you're going to get a good room, not near an elevator on the top floor, not facing a highway, like that's the stress, most stressful part. And, but we made it work. Every hotel, we just had to talk to a little bit more, move rooms a couple of times. Um, but that would just became like the nature of the beast after a while. And it became easy. Um, and then the, the 45 minute setup was, is kind of crazy. One time in uh, uh, on the way to North Dakota in Spearfish Canyon, we didn't realize that it was uh, that motorcycle rally that was that big motor. What is it called? Uh, Sturgis. Sturgis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So apparently Sturgis, it happens a week before it actually happens. Like everyone's on the way to Sturgis a week before and everyone's going straight through Spearfish Canyon. So the lodge we had, we had, it was packed. So we only had one night on the first first floor and the second night on the second floor and as soon as we got there we had to set up the booth and do a job so like we it took 45 minutes to set up the booth we did the job we did our auditions and then we got to go out and like look around spearfish canyon and go on a hike or something and it was beautiful of course and then there was motorcycles all the time big motorcycles outside uh and then we booked a job for the very next day and we had to like take the booth down bring it upstairs set the booth back (laughs) So that was a pain in the ass, but it all worked out. Now, I, I can't imagine doing that because most people I talk to are like, hey, you know, I either record from home or in the studio. You're 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 the only person I think I talk, I've ever talked to who has his own portable booth. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, we're because Meg's really, you know, she's always um, flying somewhere to do a film and stuff, and we go everywhere together and stuff. So it just had to be. And she does, you know, she's pretty, you know, she's working more than I am in the voiceover world right now. So uh, she's always needing to do voiceover. So it's like even on the film in North Dakota, she had to be on set. And then we had to leave set for like an hour during lunch to go home so she could do a gig and uh, or go home, go to the hotel and then go back to set. <laughs> it's crazy day. I can't imagine doing that. I can't imagine being like, hey, you know, I got to do this quick voiceover thing and then I got to go back on set because they need me on set. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's great. But, you know, it's fun. It's just what a crazy fun life. And not many people can do it, too, because it's like it has to be you can't be a big planner and live this kind of a life because things have to change on, you know, on a dime, depending on what, when you're needed, when you book, what you book next. And, um, have you, I mean, with, with, um, the, with work and what being what it is now and with the business being changing and home recording being, uh, more of the norm, do you think that's made it harder for people to get into the business or easier? Uh, both. It has made it more competitive because people are in almost every state now competing with us. And, um, <clears throat> but it's also made it easier to, to like set up a studio in your home and try this thing out. You don't have to fly all the way to LA or Chicago or New York. Um, you can just do it from home. So it's, it, it would make it, you know, I, I might never have left New England if, if this was a thing 15 years ago, you know what I mean? <laughs> I think uh, one of the only positives that came out of this whole thing was um, studios finally realized, hey, maybe you don't have to be in L.A. to record for all these things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that's one of the big positives. One of the negatives that came out of that, though, is like I love going into the studio. So like I I hate seeing studios close down and uh, and, and not have enough work. And I also um I think it hurts the the rates out there because most clients would have to pay for the studio rates and studios get money for that. And then we get to go in, but now, I mean, there's no studio rate. We have a, we have, I have a studio at home. That's I'm just as good as some of the pro studios out in LA and no one pays me for this. You know what I mean? No one pays me a studio rate, <laughs> but um, so I think, it has hurted and hindered it, but also made it better. So it's just, it's a changing world and we can't get stuck in the, uh, the way things were. We just got to move on forward with it. I, I think I said this before, but um, you're starting to see, you're starting to, you're uh, starting to see less and less um, ensemble records because, you know, everyone's recording from home. Everyone's just doing it, doing it from zoom and, while it is nice to hear stories of people, you know, doing ensemble records via Zoom, it's just not the same as going into that studio and just playing off each other. No, totally not the same. Um, but some uh, companies have really figured out great ways to do it. Like um, two years ago, I was the voice of the donkey for the CNN campaigns alongside uh, Maurice LaMarche. He was the uh, he was the elephant, and uh, the people who hired us for that actually had a great little uh, thing set up where we got to work off each other and improv off each other for the whole session. And uh, it was great. It was during the pandemic. So uh, we were both like, he was at his house, but I was actually in Iowa at my wife's mom's house. And uh, I had the, the travel booth set up. Um, 
And then they were in, I think, New York or Chicago. And so it, it all worked out really well. And it was, it was actually like being there with Maurice and being able to do it, you know, it all safely and stuff. How is it working? How is it like working with Maurice? Cause he's, um, he's an actor's actor. <laughs> oh, he's amazing. It it was, and it was a dream come true. Too. I, I literally in my booth at home, I have a pinky in the brain, little statue. I have like, you know, I have inspiration throughout my booth. So it's like, when I heard that he was the person I'm going to work with and we got to work out together live, it was like just one of those great moments, you know, in the career that I'll always, I'll always remember, you know, it was just so much fun. And uh, he's so quick, he witted, you know, it's like, I felt it, when you're doing improv and you're improv troops, if you have somebody who you can trust to, you know, you can give something to and they'll give it right back and you can play with and like, you trust that it's going to be handled well, like it's just gold. It's so and so like I already knew from all of his work that I was in great hands and I was hoping that he because he had no idea who I was really. So uh, but at the end of it, I think we had a great time working together and then, yeah, and it came out great. So and did you guys improvise any of your lines? We improvised so many things, but I, I can't now I can't remember what any improv that actually made it into the spots that wasn't written. So maybe there was some stuff that made it in because we did like four different spots um but it was fun i mean we had so much fun that i can't even remember what made it and what didn't what was written and what was rewritten because of us and so yeah and um out of all the stuff that you've done which role would you say was your hardest hardest um hardest uh, hardest in how because all the roles are super fun but like uh the, the uh, biggest ch challenge challenging sorry challenging or hard e either either way <laughs> <laughs> i think the biggest challenge one was uh it's a game that ended up not coming out called paragon and uh i played this like uh, cigar smoking rabbit inside of a mech and <laughs> and i had uh such a blast but it was such a a vocally stressful character um that for the four hours of doing it, like I literally was sweating and uh, I was in studio at side LA and, uh, and man, I was sweat and I, I was in the zone so much on this character because I didn't even know what I was doing, but it was so much fun that at the end of it all, I was like, how did that turn out? I don't. And I was I, for like months, I kept looking it up. Like, when's this guy going to come out? When's this character going to come out? And then the game company, like just gave up. They, they, threw that one in the trash and i think they're they're the ones who made apex legends they just put all their focus onto that and i just wish they took the characters from paragon into where they went because <laughs> that uh, it was such a fun crazy little rabbit character now what's interesting about paragon um is even after it it went it went under uh a lot of fans came together and did and made their own like spiritual successor to the game featuring like similar because what happened was uh, Epic was like, hey, we're done with this, but you guys can have the assets. Here are all the assets. You can do whatever you want with them. And, and fans are like, okay, we'll just make our own Paragon. And like so many spiritual successes to that game have come out recently. But um, yeah. Do any of them have howitzer in them? Because <laughs> I would love that. I don't know, man. But uh, that's that's the last I heard of it. It's like I'm going to so many... have to go look them up. If he if he's living out there somewhere, I'm gonna be so happy. 
because that's that's an interesting story was like when when they were like hey you know we're we're done with this but here's all here's the file with all the assets all the character models all the voice lines you can you know do do whatever you want with them and it's like okay <laughs> uh that's amazing that's amazing i gotta go look that up later so uh paragon lives on in a weird way <laughs> that's awesome um, but thank you also for mentioning that game because I actually forgot that game existed because I, I, I actually so cool. played I actually played the beta for that and I'm like, oh yeah, I remember Paragon. I was so sad yeah. it never got out of beta. <laughs> it's so fun and it looked so cool. Yeah, I love the character designs. I really like the Reaper guy, the Grim Reaper character yeah. that they had. Yeah, he, was great. <laughs> he was great. Um but yeah, um you mentioned that, and I'm kind of wondering: Did you, was that the biggest disappointment you had? Was you know you put your heart and soul into something, and it just never came up, uh, never materialized into anything? Yeah, that because that was one of that was one of my first big player character roles, and it was like in the beginning, like it was when I first got S with SBV and stuff like that. So it was, uh, I was so stoked. I thought it was going to be like a character that could, you know move me forward in that realm you know and then the, it didn't come i couldn't show anybody i was like ah but it's ah, ah you know <laughs> and um but i learned like that that stuff just happens like it just happened with another game that i i spent a couple hours recording a couple different sessions and i was so stoked because i'm from boston so like i i don't usually get to use my boston accent and so like when i came out here to uh, la i talked like this all the time and because that's just how I talked in Boston. And then I learned very quickly to just drop that in LA because everyone just talks about Boston and your accent every time you meet them. So I just like kind of don't use it, but I got to use it on this, this game that was going to come out and uh, such a fun character. And I, the, it's one of the, one of the things you we were talking about earlier, the audition didn't call for a Boston accent, but the lines were just so perfect for someone from Boston. So I just like did the whole audition as a Bostonian. And then I ended up booking it and, I was so stoked that there was like my true natural accent going to come out in the game. And uh, they just canned that one too. So uh, for whatever reasons, but you never know what's going to come back around down the line somewhere. So, I mean, Hey man, you're part of uh, horizon forbidden West. That That's a big game. So, yeah. Yeah. And that was, I'm so honored to be a part of that little world too. Be, a little huge world. And, uh, and that was a fun journey too. Um, I don't think I can delve into too much of it yet but once i can maybe i'll come back on and tell you some fun horizon stories uh just for me and, and my wife's like journey to getting into that game but uh we haven't been given the green light to indulge Aww. too much <laughs> i know i know it's a fun story uh was that but was that motion capture or was was it just voice recording it was all of the above motion capture facial capture voice recording um so depending on your character, it was dependent upon what you did. Uh, all right. Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, and, um, and no, I, I just think that it's, it's very interesting um, where the business, where, um, where everything is headed now. It's like, you know, you can, you can be a part of these massive franchises, but, uh, but at the same time, you're still going to get days where you put your heart and soul into something and it just doesn't materialize. And that's another thing I wish people um, uh, uh, talked about more when it comes to voiceover or acting in general is that you're going to get <laughs> rejections and you're going to get, 
you know, a lot of the stuff you work on is just not not going to see the light of day, and it sucks. But that's just the nature of the business. Oh, but you know, it's like that happens on the daily because we put our, you know, you put our heart and soul in some of these audition characters, and you like some of these auditions will come across for these games and and these parts, and we'll just like you just feel it, you know, like that is my character. I, this is me. And we'll just do our best and we'll, we'll put our best out there. And then if you don't ever hear back, you don't even know if you're in the running for the part, you didn't know if you didn't get it. You know, it's like, it happens on the daily and you just got to be okay with like putting your heart and soul out there and then fire and forget. And, uh, every now and then you'll think about or the game will come out two years later. And I'm like, Oh, who got that? You know? <laughs> so that's all part of the beast too. And, uh, one of my favorite characters I've done so far is Riggs from Stormland. It was a VR for that uh, Facebook VR thing. What's it called? Uh, Metaverse. Oh no, not that one. Not that one. Um, the the one that's out. Like, Oculus. Ah, uh, okay. Oculus. Okay. Yeah. Um, so Insomniac Games put out a game called Stormland, and I got to play Riggs in it. And what a fun character Riggs was! And I had such a blast. And I was so sad that it wasn't like a I mean, I I don't have an Oculus and stuff, so I've never got to play it, and and like, but I got to like, thank God, gamers put it up on YouTube so I can go back and watch and, you know, see how it turned out. Um, but I was so sad it didn't become a platform because it would, get, you know, more people would would know who Riggs was and who I was if it was like on all the systems, you know. But uh, yeah, if you get on the Oculus, go check it out. Um, you mentioned Insomniac, and I know that you did the voice. You were the voice of the robot pirates in Ratchet and Clank. Uh, I, I just want to know was was there any improvised lines with that, or was it all scripted? Uh, that was a blast. I mean, I because remember how I said I, I first my first gig out here was a pirate in the Pirates of the Caribbean, and so I have not got to be a pirate again since. I, actually, I was at a Cartoon Network commercial, but. Since that Cartoon Network commercial, I haven't been able to be a fun pirate again. And this was like the ultimate. It was like, uh, it's Ratchet and Clank. So it's like Cartoon World Pirate. And it was the bull. It was a blast. And yeah, we did a lot of, a lot of improv stuff, but most of it was like, I mean, the writers for Insomniac are just incredible. Like you don't even need to improv anything. It's already been improv for you. It's like, you don't need to touch their lines. They're they're already funny just the way they've been written because the guy. I mean, everyone there is friggin' brilliant. No, I I just love hearing stories of Insomniac sessions because they pay so much attention to detail that it's just like, why aren't all sessions like this? You know? Oh, tell me about it. I mean, and the directors are the directors from Insomniac themselves are incredible. Uh, Chris Zimmerman when is like just one of the best directors in the business and it's just like every time i'm done with a session with from insomniac i i literally finish a better actor than i walked in every single time without fail no i just like i i am in awe every time i i have someone who worked on an insomniac game and just like when we talk about you know that that session it's just like oh man the attention to detail the collaboration between the director and the actor and just the writers, like you can tell, like the writers love writing for these characters, and that's why I think, like, that's why for me, Ratchet and Clank is one of my favorite franchises because, like, I can tell a lot of love was put into it. Every time a new game comes so out, much. a lot of love has been put into it. So much, man, and it, what's also great about Insomniac uh, Studios is that they 
it's such a joint effort all the way through. Like a lot of games that I'll record for, it's just me and the game and the voice director. And uh, that's it. And uh, we do everything. But there, it's like when it's time for efforts, they have an efforts director and they know exactly, you know, what they need out of their character for efforts. And then, you know, it's, it's like, and the writers are there, you know, always listening, ready to change line, tell you what it's about, that everyone's there, game design, the lore people. It's just what a, and you feel collaborative. It's always in studio and uh, it's just the most fun ever. And, um, and uh, I just, I just want to know, like, um, was it, is it weird, like, uh, hearing yourself in all these games and franchises and whatnot? Uh, it's amazing, because I'm also a gamer, and I grew up gaming, like, way before I even knew I could be in a game. Um, so I played the first Ratchet and Clank. So um, <laughs> me, me and my wife actually are playing it now, and uh, she loves electrocuting my pirate and just hearing me go, like, over and over again. <laughs> So it's actually super fun. I love playing a game and going to find where my character lies. Like we're also playing Horizon now, trying to find our like my wife's in it as well, Horizon Zero Dawn. So um, I found her character on YouTube already. So we're trying to like find her in the game. And then I haven't found myself yet. I know that I know where I am. Like I know where you could find me, but I don't know where it is in the game yet. So I'm like searching and hoping to find myself soon. Um. Yeah, I mean, you're a gamer. Um, I'm kind of wondering, like, what what are what are some of your favorite games that you've played recently? Uh, um, why well, I, I draw blank sometimes. What's the uh, what's that samurai one that was incredible last year? Uh, Ghost of uh, yeah. Oh my god, Ghost <laughs> of Tsushima! Wow, that was such a fun game. We played that pretty much all the way through. Um. But I'm also a big Call of Duty guy. So like a lot, and I don't, I don't have a lot of free time to play games. So if I'm like folding the laundry, I'll like throw some Call of Duty on. And uh, so I'm playing Vanguard right now. And Call of Duty Black Ops was fantastic. And and it's also like a masterclass for me because I really want to be a player character in a Call of Duty game one of these days. And so like I will just repeat um, everything I hear. So my wife gets to hear, grenade! And I'm like, Grenade! <laughs> so i just repeat all the all the lines um and i'm a big halo guy in destiny so i love those games um yeah so uh basically any first person shooter you're you're all in for it right i'm all in for the first persons you know i I also i loved that uh for honor like i love those kind of games too um like devil may cry when i i got to be in the last devil may cry and that for me was another one of those moments in life where because i grew up playing devil may cry and i was like this game is the best and so getting to be a bad guy in in the franchise that i loved was you know tops oh i got a funny story about that uh when i got to your part there was a weird glitch where he just stopped attacking me and i'm just like what is going on am i supposed to be you know why isn't he attacking me his health yeah. bar is down. Why isn't he attacking me? Uh, what do I do? And then I have to be like, oh, wait, it glitched. So I got to reload the last save and do it all over again. <laughs> we put that glitch in so you don't have to spend more time with me. That's what happened. <laughs> no, he was a pretty cool boss. You know, the guy stuck in a wall and had sword blades for arms because, of course. <laughs> Funny story about that one is that I thought I was 
a different character when I got there. I had auditioned for this other character and I had this whole voice print ready to go. And uh, then when I got there, it was uh, a different, like it was that character. And I was like, oh, I'm not the, I'm not the insect. He's like, well, you're kind of an insect, but it's this guy. And I was like, oh, so not this voice that I'm I'm about to do? And he's like, no, we, we're kind of going to explore and try to find a voice. So I had no idea that was who, was, who I was going to be. I, th- I thought I booked somebody else. Was it um was it was it the same uh, Capcom studio that um, someone else recorded at where it was like just this abandoned like uh, in nowhere studio and you're you just walk in there and you're like what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> no, this was down in Marina Del Rey at a mocap studio stage that uh, that was so I knew where I was doing there, but I just didn't know the character was going to be that guy. <laughs> Oh, okay. So it was the mocap stage because they, cause I had someone else who did Devil May Cry Five, and he said like he just walked into a random studio and he's like, I don't know what this is for. <laughs> I don't like where this is going. <laughs> but uh, uh, is this a real audition? <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Which I find it so funny. But um, no, but that was a great game and um, very stylish and very fun and um, yeah. I really love it. One of my favorite games that came out in the last couple of years. Oh, and I have to give props to another studio that that, that is so amazingly collaborative when they do recordings is Riot. Like uh, the League of Legends stuff. And uh, I don't know how they make me sound so cool with with Malokai. But, you know, because I don't have a voice that goes that low. It's like all their post guy. And like they add these effects and I am like, is is that me? <laughs> is that is that still me? Is that my performance? Because I sound really good. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot you were also in League of Legends. And um, how many years has that been? Because I he's probably one of the older. older yeah, he's characters. one of my first characters I had booked a long, long time ago. And uh, but we got to bring him back and get more lines and some lore with Ruined King. So that was a lot of fun to like bring bring him back after all those years. And now you're just looking at that arcane show and being like, are they going to add my character in there or not? Yeah, yeah. please bring him in, please. <laughs> like everybody now is like, who's going to show up in arcane season two? Come on. <laughs> yes, please. I know it's so cool. They just do such great work. The artwork's incredible. Yeah. Um, and, um, and uh, yeah, I, I just, I just think it's pretty impressive that, you know, um, you've done all these, all these games and, um, you have no problem listening to yourself because, like, again, I mentioned this before, but every time I ask someone, is it weird hearing yourself in, in, in games or whatever, they're like, yes, because I can't stand listening to myself. I used to hate my voice, like, but then I, um, I ended up just being okay with it because, like, I have to hear myself all the time. And, I, I, you know, especially when you audition, you have to edit everything you say. So it's like I have to do it all, and then I got to sit down and edit it all. And then sometimes I gotta go redo it. Also, it's like if you if you're not liking what you're hearing, <laughs> it's gotta be even harder. <laughs> not that I like love my voice. I'm just like I can't think about it. You know what I mean? I don't really, especially when I do characters. I'm not thinking like I, I'm not picking myself apart when I'm in a game already. I'm like enjoying that it's a different character. Like uh, Red Dead Redemption was another one of the star moments of life because I grew up playing Red Dead. I mean, I loved the shit out of the first Red Dead Redemption, and I got to be in the second one and that was like just 
mind-blowing for a gamer you know what i mean for a gamer who also is an actor who gets to do the shit they love with the shit they love like it's amazing no um funny story about red dead 2 as well is that i i always find it funny whenever i look at someone's imdb page and they're listed as doing like uh, additional voices for red dead and i'm like I wonder who they did because like there are so many NPCs in that game and so many different voices that I'm just like, I kind of want to go back and find them now. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Totally. Because it's just so impressive that they got like all the uh, local NPCs that you run into are voiced by recognizable voice actors and all the uh, main characters are complete unknowns. And I think that's kind of interesting how they do that. Yeah, yeah, we make it makes a great world. Like I just, I love being a part of all the different worlds. Like, oh, speaking of that, like the the New World and Lost Ark, those games that came out for Amazon Game Studios. Like, it, me and Meg are all over the worlds in there, in different worlds. Like four hours later, you hear us as a different character in some other world. <laughs> but it was so much fun to play because you don't know what you're gonna get next. It's like the the game designers just get together and they. They pick out, you know, we're going to put them here. We're going to put them there. He's going to be this character, that character. Like so many fun characters too. You get to like bring to life and and like Wasteland 3 too. Like those were, it was like a blast to record those characters. And um, when you audition for something, do they usually give you a picture or do they just give you a vague description of what they want? Sometimes it's a picture with a description and sometimes it's like a two page description with no picture. And so it's like, you get, it's a lot of freedom. You get to have to like, I mean, controlled freedom so you know you, you got the par- parameters of your character and then you get to add you into it and so it's super fun to like create characters all the time yeah yeah i mean that's just, that's basically the nature of the business it's like you just go in there and you just create and um you know you just create stuff that uh we think is impossible but you know it is possible yeah yeah totally and um, yeah, I'm I'm looking at the time right now, and I got to get going. But uh, before we wrap things up, um, is there anything you want to plug in, and or anything else you want to give us an update on what you're currently working on? Um, well, if anybody out there is uh, hoping to get into voiceover, that's why I made thevoiceovercollective.com. Um, go there; everything I would ever tell anyone is there. Um, reach out anytime if you have questions about stuff, if you want any help on things. Um, And you can find me through thevoiceovercollective.com. If you want to follow along me and Meg's journey, theboothofus.com is the best place to do that. And, uh, and I think that's, that's about it. I'm working on things that I can't even talk about. So, (laughs) but I can't wait till I can, because it's super fun. I mean, that's basically every guest I have on this show. It's like, what are you working on? Something amazing, but I can't talk about it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, thanks so much for taking the time off to do this. And uh, we got to get you back when all those new things drop, when we can finally talk about them. So Yeah, uh... <laughs> I got a great story for something that's going to drop probably next year. So uh, I cannot wait to tell everyone that one. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for having me.